Welcome to training from Scott Ross Online. Scott Ross is a highly sought after and internationally acclaimed personal development and leadership coach who speaks to more than 50,000 people a year. The same strategies he's taught top executives are available to you through programs like this one. We encourage you to take notes and listen to this audio multiple times for maximum results. And now, here's Scott. Welcome, everybody, to the Scott Ross Leadership Podcast. This is episode 111. You can find the show notes to this particular episode if you go to scottrossonline.com slash 111, the number 111 for 111. Uh, we're going to be mentioning books and other resources that you'll be able to link to and find the information on by going to the show notes. Uh, wanted to, first of all, just thank you guys for being here. I know that it's been quite a while since we've done one of these episodes, and uh, we're going to be getting them cranking here. So I appreciate that you have been patiently awaiting um, the start of the the next series in our leadership podcast and um, appreciate you guys staying with us. Uh, We are going to get started doing that today. And we are actually starting a brand new series today. And the series is going to be the most common leadership challenges and how to overcome them. The most common leadership challenges. As I go around the world and I coach leadership and talk to leaders, you know, you just end up running into a lot of the same questions, a lot of the same concerns, and a lot of the same roadblocks that people run into in their leadership journey. And so I've been making a journal of those things and thinking about how to coach people through overcoming those leadership challenges. And that's what we're going to do in this series. And um, I'm not really sure how many weeks it's going to go. It frankly just depends on how uh, how long I go down any given rabbit trail on any one of these challenges as we're going through this. So um, I'm not going to put a, put a number on it, but we'll be uh, focusing on these common leadership challenges for the next several weeks. And I hope that you guys will stay tuned for that. So So just diving in, the very first leadership challenge that I see people facing is the challenge of developing personal effectiveness, developing personal effectiveness. You know, most people think of leadership externally. They think of it uh, like something that I do out here that creates results with other people. And, you know, it might be moving people to action or it might be, you know, getting the team to perform, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. It might be just getting people to follow you in general. It might be, you know, team cohesion and working together, you know, disparate people working effectively in harmony. You know, they think of it as an external thing. And for sure, a lot of leadership is external. But this is why this is, for me, the number one most common leadership challenge is that the reality is that in order to be effective as a leader, it's all about who you are and who you become. And so much of leadership development and so much of leadership material is focused on those outward behaviors, the things you do. You know, how do you run a meeting? You know, how do you motivate a person? What do you say? Um, how do you cast vision? And the reality is that all of that is secondary to you becoming the right person. And so developing personal effectiveness is really the most important thing that any leader can do. And then here's the second part of where this becomes really uh, challenging. 
For new leaders, it's challenging because they aren't thinking that way. They're thinking externally. For more mature leaders, the challenge becomes continuing to develop personal effectiveness, not resting on your laurels, not not relying on the skills that got you to where you are. And so, you know, let's just talk about this idea of developing personal effectiveness. Character, as I've said many times, is the most essential ingredient in leadership. Without character, everything collapses. Leaders who lack character lose people very, very quickly. I've often said that I believe that courage is the preeminent character trait. You know, if you had to list all the things that you would like to see in a person, like integrity or perseverance or optimism or charisma or any of those things, all of those character traits in my mind are secondary to the trait of courage because courage facilitates every single other trait. See, courage is what enables you to be a person of integrity because it enables you to tell the truth when it's unpopular or when it's going to mean negative consequences, such as revealing a personal failure. You know, I don't want to confess that thing. It makes me look bad. I don't have the courage to do it. So then I lie about it. I try to spin it. I try to manipulate the situation where I don't have to take culpability in that issue. Well, courage is the preeminent trait. And courage means doing the right thing in the face of personal suffering. So character is very, very critical. Courage being the foundation, I believe, of all other character traits. But immediately after character, in terms of how essential an ingredient it is to leadership, is the idea of competence. An incompetent leader will not maintain a following for very long. You know, uh, if you've seen the the miniseries Band of Brothers or read the Pulitzer Prize winning book Brand of, Band of Brothers about uh, Echo Company in World War II, there is a the beginning of Echo Company is um, an encounter with. Uh, a leader, uh, I use that term loosely, named Captain Sobel. And uh, he was absolutely incompetent. And he lost his men very, very quickly. And it was it was only because of the extraordinary leadership of his um, subordinate officers that they overcame his failures. And the men w- would follow them when they wouldn't follow Captain Sobel. And so um, that's how Echo Company started their life together and actually went on to become um, arguably the most legendary military unit of all time. Competence is absolutely critical. And one of the greatest leadership challenges is to develop and continue to grow your competence in your field. If you're not a person of character, it's a non-starter. Don't even try to be a leader. We got to go work on the character issues first. But if you are a person of character, then the next thing we got to do is we've got to develop and continue to grow your competence in the field that you've chosen to pursue. See, like if you're leading salespeople, but you have no sales experience and no sales skills, you're going to quickly find yourself out of your depth. You're going to have no credibility with your people. They're going to stop listening to you. They're going to say, this person's never even been on a sales call. Why are they telling me what to do? If you try to develop teamwork, but you're a very ineffective team builder, you're going to hit a brick wall. You know, I know a leader that refused to delegate and refused to engage their people on in critical tasks, and they wanted to make sure everything was done right. Well, they couldn't figure out why they had this culture of isolation in their team and that people wouldn't work together. 
and that people wouldn't, you know, trust their team members. Well, it's because they didn't model what they want to see. You have to develop competence in the area that you want to lead. And because I just said that word model, let's review the sequence of leadership that we've talked about many times in this podcast. The sequence for leadership is I model, I mentor, I motivate, I monitor, and I multiply. I model, I mentor, I motivate, I monitor, I multiply. What is step one? It's modeling. I model. You cannot mentor that which you have not modeled. And so if you aren't modeling what you want to see, you can't expect it to show up in your organization. And what does modeling require? It requires personal effectiveness. It requires competence. It requires skill. So how do we overcome this challenge of developing our personal effectiveness? Well, the first thing we've got to do is be on purpose. It must be intentional. We must be intentional about growing our skill set. So what I would do if I were you is I would just take some time, make a list of the critical skills that you need for your leadership position. What are those skills? And you could ask yourself some questions. You know, who am I leading? What skills do they need to possess? That's a really good start. If you're leading accountants, you should probably know something about accounting. If you're leading salespeople, you should know something about selling. If you're leading marketing people, you should know something about marketing. Think about the skills that would be required of your people. If your people need to have creativity and be able to to channel and and funnel massive creative power, you should probably be thinking about your own creative skills. And then once you get the 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 specifics of the types of people you're leading and the and the and the jobs or the roles of the people that you're leading. The next thing is think about the skills that are just going to be necessary for anyone to perform at a high level. Self-discipline productivity and time management, communication skills, conflict resolution skills, active listening skills. You can make a list of these just common overarching skill sets to be a world-class person. You know, it's real simple. Just sit there and say to yourself, what does a world-class person look like to me? Make a list of those skills. And once you have that list the skills necessary for the people you're going to lead, and then the overarching generic skills that would really apply to anybody, just grade yourself on a scale from one to 10, your competence in each one of those areas. Now, the second thing you got to do is make a plan to grow in each one of those areas. I mean, there are audios, books, and seminars on virtually everything you can imagine. In fact, there's things you can't imagine that there's audios, books, and seminars to teach you how to do. But this is where we go back to being on purpose. You have to be intentional. Once the list is there and you see where you need to grow, you need to go seek out those resources that can teach you. There's mentors. And when I say mentors, they don't even need to be a flesh and blood person. They might be just somebody who's a guru in the given area you want to learn about that you can just sit at their feet virtually. You can listen to every audio they've ever made. You can read every book they've ever written. You can read every blog post they've ever written. And you can be mentored long distance from this person who has spent their lifetime pouring out everything they know about the subject you want to grow in. 
You know, some of y'all have heard me tell the story that when I was new in selling, there was a gentleman named Tom Hopkins, and he's still alive and doing really well. But he is uh, kind of living in—he's he, kind of living in the holiday life now. He's kind of retired. Um, but Tom Hopkins was one of the preeminent sales trainers in the world. I went to every seminar. I bought every audio program he had ever produced on how to sell, on how to close, on how to overcome objections, on how to book the appointment, on how to get past the gatekeeper. I absolutely made Tom Hopkins my mentor long distance since that was an area of skill that I knew I needed to develop. And then, of course, at that point, I started leading other salespeople and could lead from a position of competence in the area where I was trying to lead them. The next thing you need to do is you need to prioritize prioritize because you're not going to be able to do everything at once. So, you know, you're going to maybe list, let's just call the number 10 skills where you know you need to grow. Okay, What are the one or two areas that would have the biggest impact on your effectiveness as a leader? You know, if you're leading salespeople and you know nothing about sales, well, that might be a clear number one priority. Maybe you're also somebody that doesn't have good time management skills, and so that becomes number two. So go get a book like Getting Things Done or some other, you know, very, very uh, effective time management training um, program. So prioritize what you want to do. And it's, it's great that, you know, if you're listening to this podcast at some other time, I'll just tell you we're recording it in November, and so we're leading into the end of the year. This is the perfect time to be evaluating your year, evaluating your life, and thinking about what you want to do as your growth plan for the next year. So maybe this is the perfect time for you to be prioritizing these skills and saying, okay, in this next year, this is what I'm going to work on and begin to measure my growth and my competency in this area. Now, one thing that people say when I talk talk about this idea of competence and needing to be competent to lead is people say, well, surely I don't need to know everything about all the roles that I'm going to lead. I mean, you know, CEOs don't know everything about everything they lead. And that is absolutely true. You are correct. And what I said there is typically what people say. They'll typically like the CEO. The higher you rise in an organization, naturally, the more you aren't going to know. But by the way, that brings with it new skills. And the people who directly report to them, you better believe they know a lot about what they're asking those people to do. CEOs know a ton about finance. And so the CFO, chief financial officer reporting to them, the CFO might be slightly more uh, expert in finance, but the CEO knows a lot. The CEO knows a lot about selling products and moving inventory. Most CEOs come from a sales background. They come from the revenue generating side of a business. And so when they're asking the, the, the VP of sales or the VP of marketing to put programs together, they know what they're talking about. But let's go back to this objection. Surely I don't need to know everything. It's true. But you need to know enough for two things to happen. Number one, for you to be credible. And two, for you to be able to provide accountability. You see, if you don't even know enough to know whether what you're asking is possible it sounds ridiculous, um, is asking too little. If you don't know those things, you lack credibility. And you need to know enough to at least be credible. 
And then you also need to know enough to hold your people accountable to what you're expecting them to do. Let me give you an example. You know, I was in the software industry for 16 years, and I am not a software developer. I've never taken a, I've never gotten a computer science degree. I've never written um, a, a program. Um, I've, I can't say I've never written a line of code. I've written a few lines of code, but essentially no code. But in the software business, I moved into management. And I began having to manage software developers and people who were in projects who were doing things like database administration and network engineering and things like this. Well, I didn't know any of that stuff. So I didn't become a software developer. I didn't become a network engineer, but I did purposely decide to go learn enough to be credible and to hold my people accountable. So I read tons of books on the actual process of developing software. What are all the steps? What are the best practices? Where are the efficiencies and the inefficiencies? Where do things go off the tracks when it comes to software development? Where are the risks typically in those types of projects? I did go learn a lot about software architecture, about network architecture, about databases, and kind of how all that stuff fits together. Not at the level that I could actually build it myself or troubleshoot it myself, but that I just had a, a a big picture idea. So if I'm sitting there and talking to a network engineer, I know if they're lying to me and I know how to kind of ask the right questions. I got that level of competency happening. And so because that happened, I also, by the way, studied project management and specifically technology project management and what does it look like to drive a project to delivery on time, under budget, things like that. So even though I didn't ever become a developer or an engineer I knew enough that I could hold those conversations with those team members and they knew I was a credible leader and they knew that I could hold them accountable. That's what you've got to do. In whatever area it is that you want to lead, you need to be competent enough for all your people to be able to to say those two things. And so this is what you're going to do. You're going to develop a growth plan because you're going to do it on purpose. You're going to make a list of every skill you need. You're going to grade yourself. You're going to then prioritize that stuff and make a plan to grow in the one or two areas that would have the biggest impact on your leadership effectiveness. If you do that, you're going to massively overcome this issue of personal effectiveness coming to a halt of you resting on your laurels or hitting a brick wall and your personal effectiveness not keeping pace with who you want to be as a leader. By the way, when you learn to develop a growth plan like this for yourself, you will have created a skill right there. In and of itself, building growth plans for people is a skill, and it is an essential leadership skill. It's one of the most essential leadership skills you can possess. I've done this entire series on John Maxwell's book, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, and if you've gone through that series, um, you know that having a growth plan is absolutely central to your success. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to those episodes. But here's the thing I'm telling you. Having that skill allows you now to have a secret little trick in your in your bag as a leader because if you will begin to purposely start to help your people develop their own growth plans and you will facilitate them growing towards their goals every single year 
you're going to develop so much influence with those people, it's going to be crazy. It will develop loyalty. It will develop influence. It will develop a passion for what they're doing and for them being a part of your team. Because when people are growing, they feel satisfaction. Growth is one of the most fulfilling things that can happen. The reason people start to feel unfulfilled in life is that they're no longer growing. They're no longer moving towards a worthwhile goal. I've said it many times. Success is not a destination. Success is progressing towards a worthwhile goal. When people are growing, they feel amazing. You know, remember back to when you fell in love for the first time? Why did you feel so amazing? Well, one of the reasons I assure you was your life suddenly was full of possibility. The possibilities of that relationship was exciting. What could become was exciting. You know what you were doing there? You were growing towards a worthwhile goal. You had possibility and hope in your future. That's what happens when someone is growing. And if you will get this skill down of constantly thinking to yourself about developing growth plans and it becomes second nature to you to constantly be growing and then you start to facilitate growth in your people, oh my gosh, just watch what happens in your life. Just watch what happens in your team. Watch what happens with your leadership effectiveness. It's going to go absolutely off the charts. So let's review. Here's our action items. We're going to determine to keep growing in our personal uh, effectiveness. We're going to be on purpose with that. Secondly, we're going to make a list of the skills we need. And then we're going to rate ourselves on each of those skills. Then we're going to prioritize our gaps, picking out the one or two things that would make the biggest impact. And then we're going to make a plan to grow in those two areas And then as we start to develop this skill ourselves, we're going to model it for our people and we're going to help them go through this exact same process. So that's the first major leadership challenge, developing personal effectiveness. This has been episode 111. Again, go to scottrossonline.com slash 111. I'll have links to all the books that I mentioned as well as some other materials that you can get there. And uh, next week, guys, we will dive into the next challenge, which is inspiring high performance in your team. How do you get the highest level performance out of your people? Until then, guys, God bless you. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. We hope you have enjoyed this audio program. For more resources to further your development as a world-class leader and for success strategies and tactics in all areas of your life, please visit scottrossonline.com. And be sure to connect with Scott on Facebook and Twitter using the ID at scottrossonline.